This episode is brought to you by Ursa Minor Outfitters. Folks, I'm absolutely in love with my Loon mug. It's handmade. It's an absolute piece of art. Whether it's at the office or at the house, people keep asking to check it out. If you're not a Loon fan, they also have other beautiful mugs for wildlife fans of moose, bears, and eagles. They specialize in products highlighting the outdoors and local pride through quality design by local artists. They've even started expanding into items beyond mugs, like apparel, dog accessories, and soon candles and more. They also try to partner and highlight other small businesses and in some cases forgo profits in lieu of charitable giving to help their community such as the dog rescue. So check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and enter promo code hikesmikes10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for our four-legged hiking partners they also have a portable silicone dog bowl and also sweet over-the-collar dog bandana. Go check them out ursaminoroutfitters.com and don't forget to enter promo code hikesmikes10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Welcome everyone to the Hikes and Mikes podcast. I'm your host, Ivan, and together we'll embark on a weekly journey connecting with extraordinary hikers from all corners of the U.S. and beyond. As the cool and colorful embrace of fall envelops the Northern Hemisphere, we've had the privilege of conversing with remarkable individuals throughout this season. Their experiences and adventures will leave you yearning to hit the trails. And in today's episode, we're returning to the Valley of the Sun to talk to our amazing guest, Kelly, about all things AZ and her special hiking partner, Kai. You can follow both of them on Instagram at AZ Outdoorsy Duo. Kelly takes us on an adventure through her favorite hiking spots nestled in and around Arizona. With her cozy pop-up camper as a base camp for exploration, she not only reveals the origin story of her hiking companion, Kai, but also shares with us how it's been introducing him to the AZ trails. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with our guest, Kelly. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Hikes and Mikes podcast. We're going back to the Southwest today, and we're going to be talking to an amazing individual. Her name is Kelly, who has an amazing and adorable hiking companion that we will learn all about. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You know, we always like to start off by asking our guests how they got started hiking and how long they've been doing it for. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, really such a great opportunity. Um, you know, I was thinking about your question for a while as far as I when did I start hiking, right? Um, and I'm thinking like originally, um, I, I had a friend of mine that I lived with a roommate and she was like, hey, let's go, um, let's go to this mountain and let's just go hike. And this was back in 2008. I hated it. Like, <laughs> I did not enjoy it. Like I was going to grad school and I'm like, who has time for this? And over time, like she would invite me over and over again. And I became very fond of it. And uh, a few years back, I loved someone that I, I really, really loved in my life. And I found a lot of healing in the outdoors. And it just pushed me to be out more. And hiking just became like a passion and part of what I do every day. So it's been an ongoing journey. It's been a, a great healing journey. And now it's kind of part of like what I do. It's part of who I am. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. You know, we, we mentioned that you're based out of the Southwest. How would mm -hmm. you describe the hiking scene in and around your neck of the woods? Yeah, it's very diverse. Um, you know, I think most people think of Arizona as desert, and that's absolutely correct. 
But there's parts of Arizona that are absolutely uh, lush with uh, pines and lakes and um, beautiful uh, creeks. Uh, but I live more in like the central Maricopa area. So in the summer, it is extremely, extremely hot. But our hiking throughout Arizona is really beautiful year round. Um, like I said, the weather's not great at all in some of the regions. And it sometimes makes it pretty unsafe for people that are not familiar with Arizona or the terrain. Um, and, you know, the desert can sometimes be um, dangerous for people that don't understand it. And unfortunately, we've had some hikers be rescued oftentimes. And um, we've had some some people pass away because they don't understand it. But um, if you look up or folks are visiting that have an understanding of where they want to go, I always encourage them to to look up hikes and be, be very aware of what to expect. But throughout, it's absolutely diverse and beautiful. I lived in, in Tempe for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I was just impressed with all the, the hiking in and around Maricopa County. Like you didn't have to travel that far to find some really excellent hikes. What are some yeah. of your favorite local hiking trails and destinations? They are so many to your point. I live next to, so I live in the further west area of Phoenix and I'm very close to an area that's called uh, White Tanks uh, Regional Park. I'm not sure you're familiar. Yeah. Um, and that is kind of like my local hiking spot where I go and get lost with my dog and just love the area. But really throughout, even within the city. There are great hiking spots in Papago Park, Camelback Mountain that are challenging and also really exciting for for people. And the city has been working really hard to expand parking for visitors and make it a a much safer and welcoming space. So there's a lot to do. I'm glad you mentioned Papago Park because I feel like it's (laughs) underrated because I didn't really get to go there until the last year that I was living in Phoenix. And I was surprised there was so much to do. And it has a perfect place, I think, hole in the wall or hole in the rock. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It is uh, it is very underrated. It's not that common or that popular. And I don't get it. Um, yeah, it's a great area to go and, and hike in the city. You know, it's, it really is neat. You know, I think Arizona, there's, there's two places that tend to get the attention for hiking. And that's the Grand Canyon, which... Definitely deserves its its um, <laughs> credit, but I feel like the other one that's really blown up in the last ten years is Sedona. But do you have any other favorite areas or regions in Arizona that you consider underrated? Absolutely, absolutely. There are so many, and as as you as you mentioned, Sedona has changed a lot, right? Uh, lots of visitors. Trails tend to be kind of packed because of that reason still is beautiful but there's so many regions here that are really underrated i'll tell you i love visiting the northern western part of arizona there's places near uh, williams that even though it's close to the grand canyon there's so much hiking in that area and it's absolutely beautiful and if you look at the other side of arizona there's wonderful hikes and locations to visit near tucson and um, even this past weekend i was over in uh, the pine area uh, doing part of like the Arizona National Trail. I was like, honestly, I did not want to get back to my car. Like it was so beautiful that it's it's underrated. And it was literally like me and I saw maybe two other hikers that time. Yeah. You know, this episode is going to be coming out towards the middle of the fall. And for me personally, I really enjoyed going up to Flagstaff to see the fall colors. 
Yeah. Do you have any favorite locations that you like to catch the fall colors in Arizona? I do. I have I have my favorites. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's obviously the, the really good common ones like West Fork Trail in Sedona. It is absolutely stunning in the fall. The colors are beautiful. There's Lockett Meadow up in like the Flagstaff area. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Very dog friendly. Like I mentioned, those tend to be really crowded and parking can become a little bit of a headache if you're not there early. Uh, but the spots that I usually go to, um, you know, I visit a lot of our Arizona state parks. Um, right in Sedona, they have the Red Rocks State Park. And in fall, it is just as gorgeous. And um, there is a Dead Horse Ranch. You know, the name is kind of funny, but <laughs> it's another really beautiful um, area to go visit during the fall. And uh, I would also highly recommend for those areas that are w- less known for fall, uh, the Mogollon Rim during the fall. Oh my gosh, it is absolutely beautiful. And it's so big that like you will avoid the crowd. You'll have beautiful colors wherever you go. And there's wildlife, right? So it's a, it's a lot of win-wins for me. So that's, those are usually where you'll find me. <laughs> and you know, one place that tends to come up a lot on your feed that I really enjoy and I feel like it's a it's a hidden gem because it kind of seems out of place where it's at. And that's um, Watson Lake. And you've been able to go there yeah. and hike around. What's been your experiences um, hiking in and around Watson Lake? I love that place. I absolutely love that place. You know, they have the beautiful dells, the boulders all around the area. It's great. There's there's hiking really for everybody around Watson Lake. And I personally prefer hikes that have water features just because it's just the ambiance to me it's just just a different feeling you know it's a great area to go hike and not too far from there is also Lynx lake right so another beautiful hiking it's, it's much smaller the beautiful hiking area with also camping i've camped around there and every time i've had a great time the bouldering added a different level to the hike because Right. It's nothing like too technical, but it definitely adds its own advantages and makes it fun. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. My love, my dog loves jumping on all the rocks at Watson Lake. <laughs> so if I were to, if you were to ask him, like, what's his favorite, he'll probably pick Watson Lake because of uh, all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> now, um, you know, for the rest of the country, the winter is kind of like the slow season for hiking. But mm-hmm. I found it that it's one of the prime hiking seasons, especially in and around Phoenix. Yeah. Do you have any favorite winter hikes that are coming up that you might not necessarily do during the, the warmer, hotter months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a hike that I do every year in the winter just because of the meaning behind it. Um, you mentioned earlier the the weather here in Arizona, especially in the Valley. And it's so funny because I was just looking at a report earlier uh, this week that Arizona hit 54 days of 110 degrees, like a new record. Like what is happening, right? I think that the last record was like in 2020 was 53 days and we just broke it. So in winter, to your question, I love hiking the Granite Mountain Hotshots Memorial. So um, a few years ago in 2013, for folks that may not be familiar, uh, we lost here in Arizona 19 of our hotshots to the Yarnell Hill Fire. And it was just heartbreaking to the entire community. And um, they built a beautiful memorial at the Granite Mountain Hotshots Memorial State Park there. And, you know, the hike itself is impressive and, and challenging. It has about uh, 1,200 foot elevation gain and really perfect, perfect for winter. I've tried it before 
in the summer and I had to turn around. So <laughs> winter is the perfect time for anyone that's looking for a good elevation, good challenging and uh, a meaningful experience. I would recommend that one. Yes, that one um, is still on my bucket list and, and I hope to be able to do it just because, like you said, the meaning behind it. And for those that know the story, the, the impact that I had on this community is something that words can't be put to. Yeah, it's, you know, and they've done a really great job at honoring their lives and and their legacy. And it's very touching. Um, But to your point, it's, uh, it just leaves you speechless the entire hike up there. If I were to recommend some more, Mm -hmm. I love hiking uh, Las Dutchman in winter. The the Peralta Trail there is great really throughout the year, but safest to do in fall or or winter months. So those are also great opportunities. You know, Arizona is so vast and has so many different landscapes and you've been able to explore the state in a very unique form because you purchased and you not only purchased it, but then you renovated a really cozy looking (laughs) pop-up camper. Can you share with us a little bit about the camper and the renovation process? Because you made it look so cozy. (laughs) Thank you. I did. You know, this was one of my COVID pandemic purchases. (laughs) I think during that time, you know, a a lot of us people that enjoy the outdoors and really the entire country was very restricted. And um, there was nothing I wanted more than to go out and hike. Um, So pop-up campers and camping, I felt like, became much more common during that time. And um, I had always wanted a uh, camper. Uh, So I started looking, and um, things were kind of pricey during during that time. And luckily, a family member had the pop-up and was parting ways to get an RV. And I was like, I have to have it. I've been wanting it. I've been asking about it for the longest time. I had to have it. So uh, yeah, they they, um, were gracious enough to sell it to me because I know they had many, many other people asking for it. It's a 2002 Coleman Fleetwood Tacoma. I absolutely love it. It's got two full-size king beds, a little kitchenette. Like like it's perfect for my little adventures, you know? And uh, it was in great shape when I got it, to be honest with you. There were some items, uh, some areas that I just kind of wanted to make it my own. So I uh, redid the uh, flooring. I put completely new flooring. I repainted it internally. I created, I, I made my own curtains just to kind of make it my own and just added some decor that helps me or encourages me to be within in it and embrace the nature where I am. So I, I love everything about it. Uh, Kai loves it. He takes over both of the beds. So uh, it's been wonderful. And, and it's, it's been challenging. You know, I never thought myself being someone that is a DIY person. I am not that person at all. So everything I learned, honestly, was uh, Google. <laughs> Google searches and online Instagram community is great at sharing tips. So for anyone that may feel like it's too big of a challenge, you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And one step at a time and one project at a time, it can be accomplished. I got to give credit to you. You really made that look like a home away from home. And it's something that you could almost ask for. Like, I want the Ke- Kelly model pop-up campers. Like, I want the... <laughs> I want this type of vibe and, and coziness. You really made it unique and, and you made it your own. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I enjoy it. And it's been a blast and such a great blessing to be able to travel with it. And uh, it really kind of put the outdoors at a different level for me, right? So now I'm um, 
out there, not just hiking and enjoying and uh, being a part of that community, but now also kind of taking it to where it's part of my overnight accommodations, if I should say. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and it's so much more affordable than a hotel, right? So, yeah, it's been great. Where are some of your favorite destinations that you've been able to take the pop-up camper to? Oh, I camped for the first time on the beach uh, this summer, this year. So oh, I took wow. it to San Diego. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. A little terrifying because I had the first time that we had a tire blowout. But luckily, like, yeah, it happened, like, as I was leaving the city. So, and it was, like, such a great experience. Like, I've, I've always been terrified of that happening. But yeah. it was easy. It wasn't dangerous. I had folks that were helping. And I was still able to go on the trip. Like, within within three hours, I took it to the oh, shop. Wow. They gave me... They gave me new tires for, you know, the two new tires and I made it to my camping spot on time and it was really great. It was really good. San Diego and camping on the beach was amazing. Yeah. I've also, you know what? I've also camped. I camp a lot in um, uh, Prescott area just because my camper oh, yeah. doesn't have AC. So I take advantage of cooler weather and I go up there quite often. Oh, for sure. You know, we've kind of been mentioning his name and I'm really excited to, to ask you um, these following subjects of questions because you have an amazing hiking companion that not only hits the trails but he also sends it when it comes to the water holes his name is kai he's absolutely adorable can you share with us a little bit about how you and kai came about yeah that's my favorite question <laughs> i absolutely love him you know um I had a dog before Kai uh, for about eight years and um, unfortunately lost her from like a health condition. So of course I was, I was devastated. So I wasn't planning on um, getting another dog. So I had booked a trip to uh, Turks and Caicos. I was blessed to be able to take advantage of uh, the beauty of that place. And while I was there, I learned of an organization that was started there to help homeless dogs be rescued and really help reduce their homeless dog population. And this lady, I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant because what she does is, is uh, she tells tourists, hey, come to the shelter, come walk a puppy to the beach. That's all we ask. Help, help us give them exercise. And of course, who's not going to fall in love with the puppy once you take it to the beach and have those great pictures? So, <laughs> you know, we went in, uh, went a couple of times and, and took about three puppies to walk them to the beach. And after the first, I was like, I want to take this one home. Like I want a dog. I, I've decided I'm ready for a new dog. And um, every time that I would ask for one, it was like, oh, sorry, that one's already been rescued. And then uh, there were all Kai's brothers and sisters that I walked to the beach. So I can oh, say wow. I walked all of this. And then right towards the end, on our very last day that we had applied, we got a call back that Kai was available. And I ran as fast as I could and did all the paperwork work and was blessed to bring him back to Arizona with me from Turks and Caicos. And he's been an absolute blessing. That dog is just amazing and the best hiking buddy, to be honest with you. It's been great. Yeah. And his personality definitely comes through on the pictures and videos that you share <laughs> online. Yeah. He's a, uh... He's so special and he's uh, loved to be protective in a very healthy way because it's usually really just him and I hiking on the trails. And I really enjoy going on trails solo and trails that are not crowded. So oftentimes I read his body language very well and he reads mine and he's alerted me 
of coyotes. He's alerted me of uh, rattlesnakes, unfortunately, right? Like the scariest thing. He's alerted mm. me of other hikers or far away that he could just hear. And all of a sudden there's people. So it's been great. And I highly encourage folks to uh, look into getting their dogs out on the trails as much as possible for just that added security. You know, I'm always interested, especially when it comes to puppies. How did Kai start off on the trails? Was he a, a natural or was there a little bit of a learning curve for him? You know, for the most part, I would say he was a natural. His uh, siblings were all uh, rescued with his mom back in Turks and Caicos. So, you know, their breed is known for being street dogs, right? Once I got him here, I knew that I wanted to take him on the trails as soon as possible to get him used to it. And I think the hardest part was getting him trained on the leash because he was just he wanted to just go, right? And once we got past that is teaching him about safety and, and being next to me and understanding when there's other people coming. But he was really a natural. He was out there and he really loved it kind of from day one, which makes it so much easier for me, right? And I feel like he's a natural when it comes to the water. There's great pictures of him on a kayak with you, on a paddleboard. How was it introducing him to play around in the water there in Arizona? You would not believe this. So he, it was actually a lot harder to get him used to being in the water. Like I have this dog that's like a, an island dog. And he hated the water. <laughs> he hated it. So our, our first visit to um, water really was, uh, we took him to uh, Mexico, Rocky Point, you know, right across the street, as we say here uh, from yeah. Arizona. But it's only about a four or five hour drive. And he was terrified of the ocean. And um, I think it, it taught me to be patient. Um, and it taught me to take it really a step at a time and understand his comfort and his limit. Um, so on day one, he was not feeling it at all. So we just kind of sat on the beach and looked at the waves and looked at the birds. And we went back on the second day and he followed me to the water. And then on the third day, I had a hard time getting him out. So it took him just a full day. And over time here at the lakes, took his time getting comfortable with the difference between being on the beach and and being on the lake, but he's become a lot more comfortable swimming and jumping. And he can go on a kayak any day and just sits in the front and, and it's the captain for a lot of those rides. So, <laughs> you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, because when I had a dog, as soon as I took out the phone to try to take a funny picture of him or try to catch him in a pose, he would look yeah. away, but yeah. Kai really does do well with posing for you. How do you get him to pose so well? Uh, my friend, the trick here are having his favorite streets available. <laughs> uh. He has just treats. He loves, um, he, lo he will do anything that he can for a treat. And I think that I've kind of got him used to taking pictures, especially when we're outdoors to where with the minute he sees a treat now, he just sits and waits until I give it to him. So uh, I've been able to train him a little bit to do that. And I would say positive reinforcement has been great for him. He loves the good boy. He loves the, you know, uh, hang on or you're doing great. So he understands now when I have the camera, it's like, okay, I got to sit, you know, but I can, I can only have done that through really his favorite treats. Oh, good. He loves, yeah, he loves those. And lots of patience. Now, Kelly, your support for different animal rescue organizations didn't end in Turks and Caicos. 
you actually are continuing to support different animal rescues. How did that mission kind of come about? Yeah. So, you know, I this was the first time ever that I had adopted or really rescued um, a dog or any animal. And it really shined a different light uh, about the experience of what that looked like. And I learned and through Instagram became connected with a number of organizations doing wonderful jobs and wonderful work here throughout the country, specifically here in Arizona. And I became very aware of the unfortunate things that are happening across our shelters, right? Um, Sadly, they're just way too many animals uh, waiting to be rescued that may not necessarily get rescued. So I I wanted to be helpful, um, however possible. Um, So I started Hikes for Rescues as a way to uh, donate and bring awareness to local organizations doing that work. So what I do is during fall hikes, where I know it's safer for me and my dog, we dedicate a hike to a rescue organization. And we share information about the organization and then provide a financial donation straight to them. You know, over the years that I started this, I've been really blessed to have had folks reach out and say, hey, how can I help? You know, and I've always encouraged folks like, listen, there's there's so many um, shelters and local organizations that need help, whether you're volunteering or a donation or to share about their mission. Those are just small things that any of us can can truly do. So. I'm grateful to be able to um, to do that and, and feel like it's a little bit of a, you know, step in the right direction to, towards helping in the way that I, I can. You've done some amazing hikes and, and dedicated those hikes to different organizations. For our listeners, or what are some ways that they can support yours and Kai's efforts or maybe their own local shelter efforts? I would encourage folks to visit their local animal shelters, volunteer, donate, as I mentioned earlier, just give aid however possible they can. A lot of the shelters throughout here in Arizona do events to fundraise, right? So in November, we started this a few years ago, actually, to join a rescue here that's called Almost There Rescue. And they have what's called Miles for Mutts Challenge. They do it every uh, November to raise funds for uh, their shelter and for their effort. And we plan on doing that again this year. So I will be sharing that on my Instagram and promoting it as much as I can. And um, it's really anything in the outdoors, whether folks hike or kayak or walk, or, you know, swim, whatever it is that you can do. They're just asking for uh, your support and however possible. So I just encourage folks to kind of look opportunities up like that. And if you come across any of them, just share them. You never know who might be able to see it to support them. Uh, And we'll be sure to um, not only share your Instagram link on the episode show notes, but help promote your efforts um, in the coming weeks and months. Thank you. Really appreciate that. I'm really, I'm really excited. And the more that we can help, I feel like the the better. I think uh, chipping a little bit away at the issue, it's um, it's at least something that we can contribute, you know? And Kelly, you know, I feel that Phoenix has definitely become a, a diverse city over the last decade. And hikers from all backgrounds are hitting the trails, not just in Arizona, but across the United States. As a Latino myself, I've seen more and more Latinos out on the trails here in Washington. As an Afro-Latina, what's it been like in and around your neck of the woods and with the hiking and outdoor community? You know, over the years, I love the fact that I'm seeing a lot more representation in the outdoors. There's been a lot more organizations that have been trying to promote this. I think that representation is extremely important. Culture 
is extremely important. And for me, Yvonne, I am encouraged when I see people in the outdoors that look like me, that talk like me, you know, because it, it means that it's really a welcoming space for everyone, uh, as it should be. And I think culturally, sometimes we separate ourselves from that belief. And when we see folks that are enjoying the outdoors and taking parts of in activities like hikers, it's such a welcoming experience, you know, and most hikers, we have really this share, a shared vision and, and a shared mission to really see all of us being a part of a community that takes advantage of the outdoors in that capacity, right? So I think to, to your point earlier, we talked a little bit about how great it's been to grow and build a community on Instagram, right? And the hiking community there for people of color has been blossoming over the years. And I absolutely love that. Um, so it's really encouraging. And I love the efforts that support folks that, that look like us, that talk like us, that have certain or different abilities. I, I love accesses to hiking trails and what the cities are doing to make sure that there's access and there's representation for everybody. So I'm all about it. Yeah. One of the, the biggest differences I saw this year is one of the popular hikes here in Washington is Colchuk Lake. And me and my friend went on this hike maybe 12 years ago, mm -hmm. and we were the only Latinos or, or people of color on, on the trail and at the lake. But fast forward 10, 12 years, such a, a big diversity of individuals and hikers and families. It was really great to see that change. Um, in just a short amount of time, because 10 years isn't that long. Right, right. It isn't that long. And um, I'll tell you, it's uh, one of another shift that I've seen, speaking of kind of like the outdoors and hiking, is uh, truly like camping. I've been to campgrounds where I'm the only person of color. And um, you know, over the years, this last few times, I've seen more and more folks that are camping and, and taking advantage of um, what the, the outdoors have to offer. So it's extremely, extremely encouraging. And I always uh, tell folks, like, if you don't know who to connect with, look up representation at the outdoors and you get resources, right? So just depending on, and on the areas that we live, there might be opportunities to support there as well. And I'm glad you brought up camping because it fits right into backpacking where right now there's not a big representation of diversity in mm -hmm. those spaces, but I'm hoping that with the same as, as hiking that in the next 10 years, we will see that diversity continue to grow. That's exciting, right? It's something that I look yeah. forward to. And I, I haven't tried backpacking. I think that's that's my next, uh, one of my next uh, personal challenges, but I I'm learning and um, I love what you just shared about that. Now, a lot of day hikers and, and just hikers in general, sometimes they have a regular custom or routine that they do. It might be at the summit or maybe at the end of the hike. Sometimes it's a favorite snack or meal or, or some sort of drink or even just a moment of zen. Is there a regular custom that you and Kai do? when you reach your destination or maybe when you make it back out? I love that you asked that because they had me thinking for a while, like, do I have a uh, custom? Um, I we really don't. I think for us, for, for me personally, my moments are then to kind of come throughout the hikes and um, I'll get waves of gratitude and I just enjoy them as they come. But I will tell you, I do pray every hike that I go to uh, for it to be a great and a, a blessing and for there to not be any rattlesnakes. So <laughs> I know <laughs> I never want to run into those things during our hikes and I have. So, but no, I really don't have any. I, I tell you that I live, my hiking pack is always in my car. Um, so I know that if I'm ready to go, I already have some things already in there. But yeah, 
Now, now it has me thinking into the future. I was like, <laughs> are there any things that I do? So um, I might have to get back to you on that one. And some people do and some people don't. And that's perfectly fine. That's the beauty of hiking. You know, you, you hike your own hike. That's right. um, you know, one thing I'm curious to ask you, because I hear that a lot of dog owners, especially mm-hmm. once their companion sees the backpack come out, they know what time it is and they get excited. <laughs> is Kai that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the reason why I have to keep it in the car. Because like, even if I have to, like, if I have to change it or clean it, he will run to the door and wait for me. (laughs) So he is very much that way. Anytime that he sees, you know, whenever we have to put on his hiking booties, or, you know, if if I'm switching my hiking pack, he will get super excited. So he knows it's time to go. He knows. Now, when it when it comes to your pack list, do you have any luxury items that you tend to take that fall out of the essentials? Um, luxury items. Let's see. I will tell you that this may not necessarily be a luxury for some folks, but I always make it a point to bring a candy. <laughs> and I don't know how relevant that might be, but just like a nice treat for myself and for Kai on the hike. And um, we will find a spot during our hike to sit down and he gets a treat. I get a treat and we just kind of enjoy a moment. So um, not necessarily a luxury item for set, but it kind of circles back to your your question about moments of zen. Um, yeah. No, I'm all about trail snacks. Is there one in particular that you tend to pack more often than not? Uh, granola bars are always a must. You know, we have this uh, treat in Colombia that's called Super Coco. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime that I visit our local Colombian store, I grab a bag of them and I sneak a few into my hiking pack. So those are some that I, I really love because it's got a little bit of sweetness and like coconut in it and they're delicious. But yeah, those would be it. Like I'll have to send you some. You'll love it. Yeah, I love coconut anything. Some people don't. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I've come across a few people that don't necessarily like coconut, but I'm, I'm all about it. Now, Kelly, for, for hikers who are interested in taking their pups out on the trails, maybe for the first time this fall or winter, do you have any tips or advice that you can share to ensure that the pups have a safe and rewarding experience uh, along with the owners as well? Yeah, that's really important. Um, my recommendation is for folks to start with small distances and really learn to understand their dog's needs and their limits. Um, it breaks my heart even when I see dogs on the trails who are just struggling or are laying down because they've overheated and um, sometimes owners may not necessarily understand what that means and to be honest with you like not every dog is going to enjoy hiking or is in a good shape to do it right it takes time yeah. to get in used to something like that especially here in Arizona with our terrain so I would recommend for folks to start them slow and um, increase distance and time over time and always, always have enough water for both you and your dog. Um, it's never, you will never regret having more than enough water and making sure that there's some treats and something that I also carry in my hiking bag is uh, a first aid kit that I can use for myself and for Kai. He stepped on some sharp objects and he doesn't feel it, but sometimes I've seen him kind of limp a little weird. So just being careful of where you're going on the hikes and staying on the trails, especially here in Arizona. Um, our, our chola cactus and really all cactus overall are extremely sharp and dangerous and painful to remove. So if you stay on the trails, you will avoid that. Yeah, solid tips. Yeah, especially with the with the cactuses. You know, you see people 
accidentally fall into the choya cactus. Oh, um, yeah. It's not a pleasant thing to, to have to deal with. It um, is not. Yeah. You know, they call it teddy bear chola. And like, I don't understand why no. they call it teddy bear. It's like, it's extremely <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is not cozy. It's not comfy. It's not <laughs> inviting at all. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh. Now, Kelly, do you have any um, hiking goals for the remainder of 2023 or maybe some upcoming hiking goals for 2024? Yeah, yeah. I I was mentioning earlier, Ivan, I just uh, visited again and did part of the Arizona National Trail in Pine last weekend, so earlier, and it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, I've done parts of that trail in Kearney, Arizona, and I also loved it. So um, I'm left with wanting more. So I plan on visiting that and, and doing a longer part of it next year. And at some point, I would love to be able to do Humphrey's Peak in Flagstaff. Have you heard about Humphrey's Peak? I cheated, yeah. Kelly. I, I did the gondola up to, did you? <laughs> to a certain point, but I didn't make it to the summit. <laughs> See, I cannot take Kai on the gondola, so I can't cheat. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I think my biggest fear is like something happening to him during that hike. So it's uh it's kind of helped me back from really taking in the first step. But I know I want to do it, so it's definitely a goal. So maybe maybe I'll check it out next year and do parts of it. And you know, on a on a personal note, I I've received really great feedback from the folks that I've connected to in this community and and people like yourself really about hiking and the hiking community. Um, so I've been thinking about starting maybe like a blog or a website and sharing my experiences and sharing tips. So that's something that I hopefully see in the near future. Oh, please let us know. That would be amazing. Thank you. I definitely will. Yeah. Now, Kelly, that was it for the, the regular questions. This next section of the podcast is the this or that question. Okay. I'm going to give you <laughs> two hiking related topics and you just choose which one you personally gravitate towards. Okay. You got it. So the first one is, do you prefer ascending or descending? Descending. How about waterfalls or summits? Waterfalls. And when it comes to the trail system, especially on climbs, do you prefer switchbacks or straight up? Straight up. And do you use trek poles or are you more freehand? Um, mostly freehand, but I use trek poles uh, during the summer when I do early hikes just for the rattlesnakes. So I can just kind of oh, move around. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> This next one is about footwear. Do you prefer trail runners or hiking boots? Trail runners. And then another trail system question. Uh, do you prefer a loop trail or an outback trail? Loop trails. And then I think I know the answer to this one, but when it comes to bodies of water, do you jump in or do you stay dry? Always jump in. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's tough because Arizona is known for their sunsets. But do you prefer sunsets or sunrises? Sunsets, a hundred percent. We've got the most beautiful sunsets here in the valley. So, yeah. Yeah, I gotta agree. Now, uh, when it comes to spring wildflowers, do you prefer them, or are you more of a fall colors? Oh, that's a challenging one because both here are beautiful. Um, mm. I am going to go with fall colors. 
And then the last one is the most controversial one. But do you tag a hike or do you not tag a hike on social media? I tag it. I do my best to tag it. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. That was it for the this or that questions. For folks that haven't had a chance to follow you and Kai and your adventures in the outdoors, what are some of the great places they can find you online and on social media? Yeah, so we are mostly on Instagram under AZ Outdoorsy Duo, and that's AZ for Arizona. And that's where you'll find us and hopefully uh, soon a website. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include um, your Instagram link in the episode show notes. And uh, please do check out Kelly and her Instagram page. And if you're able to, please support her endeavors in supporting animal rescue organizations or reach out to your local um, uh, rescue organization and see how you can help out. You know, now, Kelly, I'm going to plant the seed early, but uh, (laughs) I want to have you come back as a guest for Caminatas and Microfonos for next years porque eres de un hermoso país Colombia que es el y no más de Colombia pero de Cali que es el capital de la rumba o de la salsa Cali está en mi lista de deseos durante los años ¿qué puedes compartir con nosotros acerca de tu hermoso país? pues como tú dijiste Cali, Colombia Cali es la la capital de la rumba Colombia es un encanto de país Cali es una ciudad muy bella sus paisajes son hermosos pero la verdad lo lo que más me gusta de Colombia es su gente la energía de la gente colombiana es algo que no tiene comparación. Um, obviamente la comida, ¿para qué te digo más? ¿Verdad? <risa> Pero a mí, a mí me encanta mi país y me siento muy orgullosa de ser colombiana. Te digo que gracias a Colombia es, y a su cultura yo aprendí mucho desde niña, apreciar y a respetar la naturaleza y agradezco todos los beneficios que he aprendido de eso. Te digo que la mayoría de mi familia todavía vive en Cali, están ahí en Colombia y a mí me encanta cada vez que yo puedo visitarlos y me encanta cada vez que puedo salir y, y disfrutar tiempo con, con ellos y con la gente de Colombia y cada vez que regreso me siento como una persona nueva, así que lo recomiendo a cualquier persona, a ti, obviamente tienes que ir, te invito, sí. <ríe> cuando quieras ir, pero cualquier persona los, los invito a que, a que descubran lo bello de Colombia. Kelly, ¿Cómo es el senderismo allí en, en, en Colombia? ¿Sabes una cosa? En Colombia hay senderismo por donde tú quieras, es un país diverso, donde tú quieras ir, hay, hay lugares, la diferencia que yo te puedo explicar es que no es tan difícil llegar a, a las montañas como lo piensas, ¿verdad? Hay estaciones de buses, hay senderos muy cerca a las ciudades y es un hay pueblos bellos, hay ciudades bellas. Yo personalmente me encanta cuando puedo ir a visitar y sé que está cerca, puedo ir al río y al lado del río Pance puedo ir a, a una hike y llevo a mis amigos y a, mí, y a mi familia y me encanta todo eso. Así que es muy bonito. Ah, ¡Qué maravilloso! <risa> Yeah, I definitely would, would love to have you back for a Caminatas and Micrófonos episode for next year. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on the podcast. It's been uh, such a treat to talk to you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ivan. I've absolutely loved it and excited to catch up with you again soon. And that brings us to the end of this episode alongside Kelly. We extend a heartfelt thanks to her for coming on the podcast. Make sure to stay connected and follow her and Kai's upcoming adventures on Instagram at AZ Outdoorsy Duo. Be sure to check out the episode show notes to check out Kelly and Kai's new website. We have an incredible lineup of episodes planned throughout the fall, and we can't wait to share them with you. 
New episodes will be dropping every Monday with occasional bonus episodes on Fridays. To ensure you never miss out on those thrilling tales, remember to hit that like and subscribe button. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to join our vibrant community on Instagram at Hikes and Mikes. We'll be sharing episode visuals, my own personal hiking content, and so much more. Let's stay connected and continue to inspire each other on this remarkable journey. As we bid farewell, remember to tread those happy trails, embrace the great outdoors, and keep the spirit of adventure alive. Until next time, my fellow explorers, happy hiking. This episode's music was created by Ketza. Follow him on Instagram, at Ketza Music. This episode is brought to you by Flip Socks. Whether you're on the trail, on the job, or in the yard, Flip Socks will keep Mother Nature out of your boots with their innovative nylon sleeve. You no longer need to worry about any annoying debris getting trapped in your boots during your hikes. Simply flip down the nylon sleeve over any boot to prevent Mother Nature from finding its way inside, keeping your feet comfortable all day long. To get your first pair, visit flipsockswithaz.com and enter promo code HIKESMIKES10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And for listeners who use the promo code at checkout, I'll be donating 100% of the Season 2 promo code proceeds to Big City Mountaineers, who provide transformative experiences through connections to nature that strengthen life skills and build community for youth and disinvested communities across the nation. So if you're tired of bits and pieces of the trail finding its way into your hiking boots, pick up a pair of flip socks today with the promo code HIKESMIKES10 to get 10% off. For website and promo code, see the episode description.